Little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he churned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step out on Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. We're great to uh, to be here with you again, joined with Q, aka Lib Crusher sixty nine, and me. Gatto is currently being um, chased around a target at the moment. Um, he couldn't talk a whole lot, but he sends his regards. Who knows? We might get another surprise visit from him, but we can never be too sure. Um, we are recording a little bit later in the week. Cry more, you fucking clowns. That's just how life goes. Q, how's your week been? How was your Memorial Day? Memorial Day was good. Um you know, drink and be merry. Fireworks, America, MAGA. Let's go. All the good things. Yeah. How about yours? It was fun. It was a good time. Went to go see some friends in another state. We didn't get a Memorial Day video from Tom. Did not get a Memorial Day video. We we're not in my backyard for that. But next year. Weather was not nearly as good this year compared to last year. So This is Joe I, Biden's America. Yeah. This is kind of the luck of the draw sometimes. Thanks a lot, Obama. So typically, we've talked about this plenty of times, but Memorial Day weekend is the, the kickoff to summer. Yeah. When you're at a Memorial Day party and you're like nine beers deep, what's the food at that Memorial Day party that you go to immediately? Okay. okay. So this is going to be controversial because I am like Mr. America, but sure. hot dogs are disgusting. And if you I don't know them, who you are. <laughs> I have to be super fucking drunk to eat a hot dog. Like it's ne- like you're never unless you're like giving me like a Chicago style dog where it's like a bunch of shit on there, like you know, like Gardner, vet, you know, peppers, and like you gotta like jazz up for me to be able to even be interested in a hot dog. So I'm always going for a hamburger, throwing some onion on there, throwing some cheese on there, preferably like a pepper jack. Something a little spicy. And I'll, I'll eat like four of them when I'm drunk. And then like a cigarette. would be nice. To top <laughs> Just one. Just one. Drunk oh. cigarettes, man. They're, there's nothing better than a drunk cigarette. They hit significantly different than any other kind of oh, nicotine, any kind of stimulant out there by far. I've, I quit smoking a bunch of years ago. And I have a rule that like I'm allowed to smoke when I when I'm drunk because I don't I don't really drink as much either anymore. So it's like kind of like a it's like a nice little moment where it's like I'm having a couple beers, I'm feeling a little buzzed, and I'm like I'm gonna have a cigarette. Yeah, totally. I'm with you on that one. What did you use to smoke, Tom? If you probably around, have it. probably around the same time that you did, 
And I kind of have a similar rule to that as well, where, you know, getting started the glassy eyes and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, when it's that time, cause it's like, you're just kind of starting to feel like you, you, you're the, the buzz kind of just starts kicking in and you're like, Ooh, I hit the threat. I you hit the threshold. And that's where you start like, start like, <laughs> You know, if I, if I had a dart right now, things would make a lot more sense. But I will say, though, if you haven't smoked in a long time and then you take, like, one pull off a cigarette that you bum from somebody, so it's about I, 45 seconds of, like, reorient, reorienting yourself to the entire world. We'll, we'll get back to the food in a second, but I want to point out that, like, some kid had a vape there. Mm-hmm. And I like, he's like, hey, because I was like, oh, I really want a cigarette. He's like, oh, you can hit the vape if you want. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And my God, some of you need to chill with this vaping shit because the concentration, like I, I took like a tiny little and it felt like someone hit me with a shotgun in my throat. Like, my God, like you guys need to chill. Like it can't be safer than just smoking a cigarette once in a while. Like, can't no. Be. No, and I know people that like smoke or vape regularly. Crazy. And I'm like, I can't imagine doing that like all of the time and feeling I feel like you vape that, more too than you would smoke cigarettes. I feel like the 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 high goes away way faster than with a cigarette. For sure. It doesn't sure. last nearly as long as long because it's not like really in your bloodstream in the same way. It doesn't resonate the way like a, a smoking a cigarette does. Yeah, because like, because honestly, like, you like if you ever watch, like, I mean, if you like see a smoker, like they'll smoke a cigarette. Like, not a lot of people chain smoke cigarettes, right? You can't do it; mm -hmm. it's too harsh. But like, I'll see a person hit a vape like 10, 12 times an hour. Yeah, like, that can't be like. I don't care if it's healthier, quote unquote. It's not okay. One of the other things too is those Zin pouches. So I went to a concert a couple of weeks ago and they had a Zin bar set up mm. where you could go in and you could pick a bunch of different flavors. And I was like, all right, well, I want to go see what this is all about. Yeah. I mean, I also dipped when I was younger too. And do. I was like, I want to see what the deal with this is. And I went in there and they're like, do you have any flavors you have in mind? I was like, flavors. There's like two, isn't there? She's like, no, look at all these. And I was like, holy shit. That's and crazy. if you're not careful, those will hit different too. And I know people that will just have one in the whole day. And I can't help. I don't know how healthy that is for you. But in some cases, I feel like Zin is the chewing tobacco equivalent to vaping, where we don't Do know exactly what it does, but Do it might not be good. Do you have to smell no. that? No, no. Mm. So it literally just rests in there and you're just like all day. Yep. Constant stream of nicotine into your blood. Yep. It's pretty nice. Yeah. So if, I mean, I don't know what the, uh, the restrictions in New York state are currently, I but doubt you can get them here. Probably. Yeah. I, what, I would imagine you probably can. What is called Zin? You said Z Y N. Yeah. Z Y N. Cause I'm, I'm interested if, uh, if you could get them here. Because I know New York sometimes is like kind of weird with stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I guess you could. They probably can't do all the flavors though, because that would like attract children. <sighs> yeah. 
All right, so we're getting back for a second. Um, so I usually go for a hamburger, but what I do enjoy recently, and I've been making them more often, is like like they make these Italian sausage patties. Okay. So you like you grill it like a hamburger, that on like a like a brioche bun or something, like something like fancy, some like spicy onions, but like you know, typically burger is where I go. Okay. All right. I'm into that. And I, I like the idea about the, the Italian sausage patty because I think I feel like in some cases you can get them kind of uneven if you're cooking them as like a traditional sausage on the grill. So like one part of it will be hot and the other part will be cold or like lukewarm. Mm. Nobody likes that. Well, what I'll do is I'll go to like a butcher, an Italian butcher, and like I'll just get like regular sausage and I'll just cut open out of the casing and then you just kind of flatten into a patty Ooh. and get the – the Italian, like, you know, they got the cheese and parm one. So it's like, it, it's kind of like a jazzed up burger. It's, it's almost like a pork sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm down with that. Can make I'm a slaw for it or just fuck around, put some, like, spicy onions on it or something. Interesting. Yeah. So I think my favorite, and I'm going to push back on you because I don't know who you are to hate hot dogs, but hot dogs is probably the one that I'm going to go to the fastest. I ate like two hot when I was in North Carolina, if you remember. Yeah, but we night. were like starved animals. Like out we, in were, the we were, we were starving and so drunk. Yes. To remind people, I don't know if you even talked about it. That's when God broke your um, your railing, the stairway railing into the, the stairway base. railing. Yeah, yeah God broke it. The oh. funny part about that was is that we, you and I, were not really composed at the bar. Gatto was, and then he was super back, composed. Yeah, and then when we got back, like all bets were off for him, and you and I kind of sobered up, and he just absolutely fell apart. It was like a time release because, like, yeah, like we were like way done, mm-hmm. and then all he was like looking at us like these fucking idiots, like these drunk assholes. And then, yeah, like once we got back, like we, we, you and I got weirdly sober and we were like perfectly fine. And like he just fucking lost his shit. It was so yeah. funny. He was falling all over himself in the backyard. By the way, this person is not on the show right now because he's being chased through a target yelling, follow the Second Mouse podcast on Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, you guys have to come down and we'll do it again. I've been thinking about it. I, I the problem, the problem's going to be for Gatto because Gatto. Has been around the North Carolina area. Getting him back there is going to be tough because he's not a fan. Yeah, but the Raleigh Durham area is basically like the Warsaw of the Soviet Union. Yeah. And this is West Berlin down here. <laughs> <laughs> There's That's prosperity true. here and happiness, and, you know, people have things up there. No one has anything. So, Tom. Yes. Hot dog. Okay. Yeah. Some people think it's sacrilege to put ketchup on it. People are strictly mustard. Where do you stand on that? I'm either way. And frankly, I can party with without. I can have no condiments on it. He's straight up. All right. You're a sick fuck. Well, sometimes you got to make desperate decisions in times of desperate need. I will say, though, what is a real game changer is putting pickles on your hot dog. Relish. Do relish? Yeah. Dill relish. In some cases, it's harder to find down here. In some cases, people are like, ew, you're putting that on there? I'm like, you put a pickle on your burger? This is the same thing. It's just somebody took the time to fucking dice this thing up. And it's got like pickle juice with it. So it's like, Tom, you're. I can't believe you're out on these streets raw dogging 
hot dogs. I mean, at least I am not taking them off of the grill and eating them just a mouthful of meat. <laughs> at least I have the class to put it in the dog. But I will say, like, you know, worst comes to worst. And, you know, there's some a plate of, like, room temperature hot dogs after a barbecue there. I'll take one. Keto style? Yeah. <laughs> Eat it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, for me, like, if I'm eating a hot dog, like, it has to have, like, spicy onions. And, like, you ever seen a Chicago style dog where they have, like, the pickled vegetables on there? Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be, like, jazzed up. I cannot just eat a hot dog. It's like. I think you need to, like, explore the hot dog aisle of your local I, grocer. I've had Boar's find... Head. I've had Boar's Head, which is a amazing okay. product sponsor of the show. Just kidding. Sponsor of the show. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Aspiring sponsor. Aspiring, soon to be sponsor, maybe. Allegedly. Allegedly. Of the show, Boar's Head, which makes a quality product. Tom, we know this. Boar's mm-hmm. Head makes a quality product. Oh, I've been to the top of the mountain plenty of times. With it's Head. not just made with quality ingredients, it's made with love. Shout out to the Bronkhorst family for everything. Um, even the Boar's Head hot dogs, I'm not super into. It's nothing to do with the quality of the ingredients for me. It's just the mechanism of like eating pig snout with, you know, in a natural casing. Like for me, like even with sausage, like I won't really eat like a sausage in casing. I'll just always cut it out, ground it up, make it a, to a patty or something. Like I don't just, the, I think it's the casing thing that kind of throws me off. Yeah, I could see that. So you're probably not going to be a big Scrapple guy then. What's Scrapple? It's kind of all of that shit, except the Amish made it. <laughs> Ooh, those Amish are... I will say, though, it's not bad. It's just if you take like the insides of like a hot dog and just fry it. See, that actually you, might you, be better for me. put it into a cube. Yeah. <sighs> It's, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Okay. But honestly, like if I'm drunk enough, like I'll eat 18 hot dogs and not think twice about it. Oh, yeah. I'll go to the store and I will polish off that entire package of 12. No problems. So what were you drinking this weekend? Everything. So shout out to a former guest of the show, Tyler, him and his wife. Or he got married a couple weeks ago. He has so much off. Yeah, he has so much booze left over, so we went to our friend's house in Virginia, and he brought an entire fucking cooler of Coors Light, Bud Light, Seltzer. You're drinking the woke beer, Tom? Well, it's the woke seltzer. It's different. <laughs> um, but yeah, mostly that. Had a little uh, dose of Keese at dinner a few times. Drank, uh, drank some Labatt. Um, drank some... PBR. Like we were all over the place. Had some local beers as well. I was all over the map. Everything but liquor. I got to credit you. Um, I had never had them before North Carolina, but I've been drinking Vizzies. Ooh. They are right. they are fucking delightful. Well, they're um, a little bit different because it's actually vodka that they use instead of like malt liquor. Okay. I didn't realize that. Because I was wondering why they were fucking me up pretty hard. So Vizzy's are made with vodka. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like a high noon then. Yeah. 
Except I can't find High Noon around here. Even like at a distributor? We don't have distributors down here. Oh, that's right. Fucking selling like yeah, it's selling like supermarkets, right? Yeah. Um, Fucking North Carolina. Goddamn lips. Wait, hang on a second. What kind of alcohol is vodka? It's fermented cane sugar. Shit. Never mind. Oh, so it's rum. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Vizies. They're gluten free. Thank God. White, White Claw is made with vodka. Wait, really? Yeah. Hang on. Why did I not know this? The alcohol in Vizzy seltzer is not vodka. Instead, Vizzy hard seltzer, like many other hard seltzers, is fermented cane sugar. Okay. So I guess either their alcohol content is higher or them being gluten-free is helpful. But I agree with you. Like, I feel a little bit more fucked up. And I don't get that, like, gross, like, sweetness flavor. Yeah, because that's what White Claw, and there's some flavors of White Claw I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, uh, they had the blueberry pomegranate, uh, for Vizzy, which I love the mango pineapple, the black cherry lime, the strawberry kiwi. I'm not even a big fan of strawberry or kiwi flavors and like, not bad. I will say too, they, there's like two beers that you can get at Charlotte FC games. One of them is a big thing of Coors Light or a like 24 ounce can of Vizzy lemonade. And you can get mighty cheesed on that Vizzy Lemonade. There's a Topo. I found it in Target. A Topo Chico uh, lemon mm-hmm. seltzer. I've had that. Very been at the good. top of that mountain. <laughs> and, I, and I hate to admit this. Um, so there was some tequila uh, there at the party I was at. And I did not know this beforehand. But Apparently, Kendall Jenner has come out with a tequila. You know, every fucking person's come out with a tequila now called 818 Tequila. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big tequila person, but goddamn, that was good tequila. Interesting. So, what's yeah. it taste like? It's just super smooth and like, because like for me, tequila is way too harsh. Yeah. Like, I like, I like a whiskey harsh, but like tequila, it's like a whole different animal with tequila. Plus, tequila gets me a little crazy. So, like, I can't really drink a lot of it. But um, yeah, man, like someone had given to me and I, I drank it and they were like, oh, it's this is a one is Kendall Jenner's uh, tequila. And I was like, fuck, God damn, it's a quality product. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the difference, though, is like. What you just said makes sense, though, because in like Kendall Jenner. Might want to be focusing on like what is a good sipping tequila rather than like. I'm doing a shot tequila or I'm mixing this into a margarita tequila. Yeah. That's kind of in the same way that like some whiskey or vodka or bourbon brands are like, this is a sipping drink. Not like we're standing at the bar, just plowing through shots of this. Yeah. So it's really good. I am right. not a tequila fan in any sense of the word. I can like, I can, if you were to open a bottle mm. in your apartment right now, I could smell it from North Carolina. Like that's how much of a non-fan of tequila I am. The, a shot, a shot was handed to me. Like I, I wasn't seeking it out. Oh, so I you're just holding it for somebody. <laughs> I don't seek tequila out, man, because no. like it to me, like the only fights I've ever been in in my life really are because of tequila. That's fair. So like I don't typically do it, but like it gets handed to you, you do it, 
and I was actually like, this is pretty fucking good. Like, I, I like Patron. Like, I can drink a Patron mixed drink, and, like, that's nice. Uh, the Silver Patron. Um, Don Julio. Like, I can drink a little Don Julio. But, like, this one was good. This one was, like, I took a shot of it. It was it was really good. So, give me, if if you were at a, if you were at a Memorial Day party, mm-hmm. and there was one drink that was there that you're like, absolutely not get, get it the fuck away from me. What would it be? Typically tequila. Okay. Typically tequila. Um, because I, because I know how I am with it. Um, I can't really, con- I don't really control myself well on tequila. It's just, I don't know. I, I, again, there's some kind of switch that goes off with tequila with me. Um, I don't typically drink it. Uh Typically, also, I will stay away from like sangria. Ooh, like, yeah. yeah, like wine or like any type of like sangria drink, I don't fuck around with because it gives me like horrible heartburn. And like to me, it's just like the, the red wine, like I know they put fruit in it and all that. You put like juice in it and all that. It still tastes like box red wine to me all the time. And you have a fucking tremendous hangover from it too. It's because awful. it's all sugar. Yeah, it's all sugar. Like I went to a brunch on Sunday, and I was drinking uh, mimosas, like because it was just the way that the brunch worked, and I was perfectly fine. Um, person I was with drank sangria and was throwing up later. So there you go. Jesus, champagne and orange juice is never gonna hurt you. No, but uh, <laughs> but sangria is a whole different animal. So yeah, it will beat you to death. Yeah, I what's the that. drink that you're going to? Somebody has it, like, ooh, yes, please. So, uh, a uh, cousin's husband made this drink once, and I've been obsessed with it ever since. So, it's a basically like a summertime. Uh, what you do is you take Tito's, and you put in you make it basically like an Arnold Palmer with it. So you do some okay. iced tea, a little bit of lemonade, and then a little bit of Sprite. Tiny little bit, just a floater of Sprite, and goddamn on a on like a on a hot day, that is a refreshing drink. Um, another thing is like a dirty Corona. I like a dirty Corona, where you know you basically just take a sip out of the Corona, put a lime in there, you put some Bacardi Limon in there, and uh, you basically just kind of swish it up a little bit. It's a nice, nice little drink to get you fucked up, and it's perfect on a nice hot day. Love that for you. Yeah. How about you? What, so, give, me, give me both of them. What, so you see something and you're like, get that shit away from me. I don't even want to smell it. I don't want to look at it. What is it? Rum. 100%. Rum really? is the thing that I run for the hills from. Is um, it just the dark, the dark rum or light rum or all, just all-encompassing rum? It's all-encompassing. It, okay. It's the whole fucking rum family I am I run in fear from. And it's really because I drank way too much of it in college and it destroyed me. So that's gin for me. I used to love gin. And I can't I can't stand the smell of it. Like if I smell Tangeray, I will like Well, as you know from Connor, who's our gin expert, like that can be that a lot of them are just shitty. No. Cause our resident host Gatto um, was super into gin for a while. He was super into gin for a while. Like he was like, I don't know what happened to him. He was like, everything was gin. 
and like he he made me this really fancy drink with the bitters and like he put like the show into it and i was like this still tastes like it, shit it like it is activating my gag reflex right oh gross <laughs> so rum is that one for me hands down no questions asked doesn't matter how much coke you put in yeah. there regardless yeah um i will say the drink that if it's at a party and i see it i'm like yeah i'm into it miller high life living the high life the champagne love, of beers baby yeah, the champagne of beers i love the glass love clear bottle yeah nothing I, for me nothing says summer like that glass bottle we were drinking the high life in north carolina weren't we before i spilled them all over that bar we went to <laughs> i was like i was in awe i think like you saw it was like i was like, like a kid on christmas when i was there because like they had the sign that's like four for five or something four for five bucks and i was like mm -hmm. i can't be right living the high life baby you just need to know which dive bars to go to mm -hmm. in order for it to be fun and yeah so miller high life is probably that one um if there's a party that has labat blue or labat blue light there definitely how do you feel about amstel light i'll fuck with amstel absolutely yeah. I, I was in amsterdam with gato and they had amsterdam on tap right oh yeah and like they had they had um they had like the regular on tap and i was like this is just amstel heavy on tap watching the world cup Fucking yeah amazing. i mean that kind of beer is done really right and i think yeah. i used to see amstel a lot i don't see it a ton anymore though but yeah it's kind of gone away. like i've never seen the heavy out here like i don't think i haven't either. really get it but it's always amstel light mm -hmm. um i will tell you though my new the beer that i've been kind of obsessed with lately that i've been drinking a fucking ton of is red stripe I yeah, man. I fucking love it. Oh, yeah. I remember I would, because there were a couple of times where I'd go up to Oswego over the summer because there were like big events that were there. Yeah. I'd come in with like a 12 pack of Red Stripe and people were like, why are you drinking that? I was like, for starters, it's fucking delicious. That's amazing. And two, the bottle is fucking awesome. The bottle is so fucking cool. And yeah. it's, if you look at the alcohol content to it, it's basically like an iced beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, so I think it like, it's a small little, it's like about 5% and it's like this like tiny little bottle. So it's like, you're, you're getting a pretty concentrated. The short, ugly, stubby bottle. Yeah. As they so described great. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Jamaican lager, man. It's fucking great. It fucking rocks, dude. Yeah. I love it. I've been, I've been drinking that a lot lately. Um, so yeah. So like, Coors I, banquet, I, Coors banquet. I love a Coors Banquet. Yeah, Modelo. Kind of been, been drinking Modelo lately, like that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty functional with beer. The only thing is, I don't like IPAs. Yeah, you know, I think, and I think I can certainly resonate with that thought. I loved IPAs when I was younger because I would always seek out the one that had like the higher alcohol content, and then yeah. I felt like really fuzzy afterwards, probably because I was just hammered after like three of those things, yeah. but. Anytime I go to like a brewery now or a bar, I look for like what's a lager, what's a pilsner, is there a Kolsch there? Like Love those, those are the ones that I gravitate towards. If I see an IPA in there, I'm like, mm. I like a wheat beer. Can't have too many of them, but I like a wheat beer. 
Yeah. I feel it's just like a kind of a purified form of an IPA. Same kind yeah. of like consistency when you look at the glass. But I don't know. I mean, mm. I think I've I've moved past that phase of like, what is the wonkiest shit you can put into a beer? It's just skunky. It's, yeah, it's because I had this conversation with a friend of mine. Um, and he's like, I don't do that shit anymore because I want to be able to drink a beer that will last like the whole day if I need to. I don't want something that if I have two of them after an hour, I'm already feeling all fucked. Feel like you ate a three course meal. Yeah. 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 It's and it's just it's just skunky and like just it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth, honestly. So like for me, like I love like a like a pilsner. Pilsner is always good. Anything like that is always uh is like a German German beer. I love a German beer, you know, something like that. That's what yeah. I like. I can suck down about a zillion fucking Kolsch beer Ooh. all the time. I can't By pronounce the way, it. It's um, it's Thursday. It's almost Friday. Shout out to the Friday beers guys. They always uh, repost our stuff too. And if you want to see that in person, you can follow our uh, Instagram. We always got something going on on Thursday. For sure. Absolutely. Um, I can't pronounce it, but there's a uh, German beer that I love uh, from Munich, French Canard, and it's got okay. like a it's got like a fucking looks like a fryer on it. Like I don't know if you, I'll, I'll send a picture of it to you. I don't know if you ever had it. Um, it's it's so fucking good, and I can get it. I can get it pretty easily through like a beer distributor, but like you're not gonna find it really anywhere else. Um, let me send a picture to you. This shit, man. Like, it's just it's just a fucking delightful beer. Fresh Canaire Hefe Whisper. I can't. I don't speak German. Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, that shit is fucking great. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a Hefeweizen, something like that. It's yeah, can't go wrong. Um, all right, great. So I'm trying to think, cause like, do you, do you like to get drunk on Memorial Day or do you like to be more composed? Cause like I've, I've found lately that I've been trying to avoid getting like too drunk lately. Like, I don't know if it's just me like being older now and it's like trying to be more responsible or do you, is like Memorial Day where you just kind of let loose? Um, I don't know. I guess it depends. So one of the things that I, I certainly understand, like we're not 19 or 20 years old anymore. We can't go flying off the handle. The thing that I realized about Memorial Day weekend is you don't have to do everything in a day or an afternoon because it's essentially like three days long at this point, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, somebody's having something on a Monday. Like you have the potential of running a 96 hour bender. And that can be hard on a liver and kidneys and general body function. Um, I've been fortunate to not have to bop around to like different parties and stuff like that. I know that there are people that have to make the rounds. I've hosted Memorial Day weekend parties or I've gone far enough away where I've stayed at that person's house where I can kind of cut loose. I'm not saying that I'm like going there and getting completely blacked out drunk, but I have myself a good time. Like, yeah. 
I, and, and frankly, like there is nothing better from a party perspective of standing outside during the day, like mid afternoon, like drinking a beer, throwing a fizz, frisbee around, like with music playing in the background with a bunch of people there, like that shit's fun for me. And frankly, I would much rather do that than like go to a bar and stand in line. I would rather be in like a backyard, just kind of like fucking around and do whatever we want. So that's, that's definitely the thing that has changed for me over the like years that I've gotten older is that I have gravitated a lot less towards bars. And like, for me going to like a backyard party, like, you know, that's more my speed now because it's more relaxing. It's like, it's like, I'm not looking to like, and also like, I can drink what I want. I don't have to wait online for anything. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I think that's just like getting older. It's just, that's just where I'm at right now. But like, yeah, I mean, we have, we have friends now that either have like backyards or we have friends that you're able to do that shit with. And honestly, in some cases, like going to a bar at like nine o'clock at night is not a good idea for me because I can't even wait queue 20 minutes to wait at a restaurant like when they say it's gonna be a 35 minute wait i'm like no there's too many options around here thanks <laughs> yeah no it, it's it's stupid i'm not it's... i'm not queuing up for the fucking bread line here <laughs> if, if, if it's a 30 minute wait and there's no bar here that i can sit at i'm gonna go find another place yeah no it's like yeah especially nowadays like 20 30 minutes like no way never yeah so i mean all that to be said and I think too, just it's the start of the summer. I want to be outside. Yeah. I want to be in the sun. Yep. I feel like things can get so bogged down when you go to a bar or you're drinking inside of somebody's house. Like things can get real slow versus being outside. Everyone wants to be outside. I don't know if it was this way for you all. I'm sure it was because you all live in fucking New York, but the winter and spring felt very long this year. Um, it's very cold yep. and very wet. So I want to be outside doing shit, going nuts. Last night here, it was 47 degrees at night. Yeah, which no, is not, which is, I mean, I do because like I like I, I don't know how you are as a sleeper, but like for me, I need it cold to sleep. Like, yeah, I can do that. Out. I can turn the air conditioning down. I don't need it to be fucking 47 degrees in June. <laughs> I haven't even installed my air conditioner yet. Fucking like, sociopath. No, because it's been it's been fucking like 60 degrees here every single day. And it's been like at night, it's been like 45 degrees. So it's like it's been cool. So I, I it's one of those things like today. Today is like the hottest it's been in a while. It got to, it got to like 78. Um, So but like even like the rest of this week, like it's low 50s, high 40s at night. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's going to happen soon because it's fucking June, but like only a matter of time. Yeah, no, no, it definitely is. It's just that it hasn't happened yet. So I don't know. Well, I'm rooting for you. And I know it's going to be as soon as it does, it's going to be hot and muggy and gross. It's going to be fantastic for you all. Oh, God, it's like fucking swamp. Swamp, <laughs> swamp ass season coming up. Ugh. So, Tom, television has just taken a huge loss. Um, both Secession and Barry 
Um, you, you're not, you have not watched Barry yet. So I, I'll kind of just kind of touch upon that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Secession has ended. I know you were fully pilled on Secession like I was. Um, the ending was, I would say, widely regarded as a overall success. And I think it, like a lot of people loved it. There were some distractors who didn't really like where it went. How did you feel about how it ended? Did you Were you able to predict where it was going to go? Obviously, this will be spoilers for anybody who's listening. So if you haven't watched yet, tune off. Yeah. Um, I think the ending, I think the final season was very well done. Um, I will say though, I, I heard some of Brian Cox's comments and he said, I, I, I think I could have been in the show a little bit longer and I wish I was in more of the episodes. I hear what he's saying and I wish he was too, but that's not the reality that we live in. I think that he, even though he wasn't in those episodes, he still had a pretty significant role in all of them. He was the shadow lurking over. And he's not even in there. He's not even in there. And yet he still plays a huge role in it. Frankly, the ending, that's the only way I could see that show ending properly. Yeah. Is if they, all of them essentially walk away with nothing. And that's what's so funny. Is that like they're all billionaires after they're, that Gojo deal goes through? The thing is, though, is that being a billionaire is one thing, right? But they have money; they'll be fine. Yeah, but they don't have power anymore. That's they what have- I was saying. Is that they they like that's like for everybody who's like, oh my god, they lost, and I'm like, they're like to a normal person, they won the lottery, right? Like mm-hmm. their father's business, they got a bigger price. I think Logan actually would have been proud of how they ended up getting like a lot more money on the Gojo deal than he got. So like that, what that was, what's so funny to me is that they instantly tried to kill the deal after. And what was the funniest part about it to me was like, if they were looking for their father to be proud of them, that would have been the moment Yeah, where he would have been like, wow, you negotiated even more money than I got. So it's just so funny that like instantly went against that. But, um, I don't know if you heard um, Jeremy uh, Strong, I believe it is, who plays Mm -hmm. Kendall, said that he did film an ending where he tried to jump into the water at the end. So for anybody who didn't watch it, obviously, they had the numbers, but and they were ready to anoint that Kendall, Kendall Roy was going to take over. And then he gets backstabbed by Shiv. How fucking funny is that her name Shiv? Yeah. Um, And she fucking shivved him. And uh, basically ends with Shiv marrying, now being married to her dad, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's not a happy ending for anybody because the thing about the whole point of the secession to me was that, like, they were like, oh, you know, he wanted Kendall to take over. He wanted Roman to take over. He didn't want anybody to take over. I don't think Logan Roy ever wanted to imagine a world where he wasn't in charge. So I don't think he ever gave it much thought. He used those moments where he would like grooming one of his kids as basically a power play. It was to get the whole show starts right where he gets sick and he's trying to give Marsha more board seats on, you know, like trying to get them to sign things. And he's basically like telling them what they want to hear to get them to sign the papers. Right. And like, notice how he like took everything away from Kendall after he signed the papers. Like it's literally in the first episode 
where you see that he he only thinks about winning and he's never thinking about his kids and he says it in the last season right he he goes i love you all but you're not serious people he from the start didn't think any of them that's why he was doing a gojo deal Mm-hmm. Because he was going to sell off because he knew that he didn't have a ton of time left. Um, so basically the whole point was that like, yeah, they're not serious people. None of them would have done a good job taking over. Shiv is like gullible and not very bright. Roman's a psycho who doesn't think before he does anything. And Kendall like he's an egomaniac. He's weak too. He says it to him in the first season. You're, he's like, you're weak. You're not a killer. You're not a killer. Yeah, and that's after he killed somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's the thing that's the most interesting part is that there are there are people on the internet, and it's weird to like image yourself into one of these characters because they're all really despicable people. They're terrible like, people. Like Shiv essentially used her husband to get more power in the company. She didn't really care if he was going to go to jail or not. She told him that he, she didn't love him. Roman, as you said, is a complete lunatic and completely unreliable. And Kendall is somebody who, and I don't know if they did this intentionally, but he uses so much of the language that it seems so stilted. Like he uses some of a lot of like the tech bro, like the, the, the corporate speak yeah. that it feels so stilted and fake that it's yeah. like, you actually don't know what you're doing right now, regardless of which college you went to or how much experience in the company you had. And they're not likable people, but they do things that are relatable because they're all about like personal vanity, personal yeah. like success. Yeah. And ultimately like they all kind of assign blame to somebody else and not necessarily them. Yeah. And I agree with you. Like, I don't think, I don't think Logan Roy ever envisioned any of them running that. And that's where I think Khan is such an interesting character because Khan heads, baby. He knew, like, I don't have that. Yeah. But he also wanted his own form of power. Right. It was just, it was just so funny to see these people who are taking themselves so seriously. And he doesn't. And he doesn't. Yeah. And even like when he's his presidential thing, like got ruined. Like he literally just shifted that speech like, at the hey, end. The con heads, baby, watch the out! Con heads are coming for you. <laughs> it, it's so funny to me too, because like I, it, the Roman is probably the saddest of. Oh well, the Shiv one is pretty sad because like she ultimately screws the deal, which allows Tom to take over. But let's be real here: Tom is not Logan. He like everyone was like, oh, he's the new Logan. No, he's not. He is at the he is. Shiv says it in the episode, right? He will suck the biggest dick in the room, mm-hmm. which ultimately she screwed herself by saying stuff like that. Because if she said he's more hard headed, then like he probably would, like Madsen wouldn't have, wouldn't have went to him, right? But like he wants a yes man, so she delivered him a yes man. But like, let's be real here. He doesn't really have power because like he's gonna be Madsen's puppet, right? Yeah, but I, I also think in the same way that like Carl, Frank, Jerry, and Hugo didn't have any power. Like, yeah, they wield power the, within their environment. Those are the people that survive, though. Like the people that are like, yes, yes, we can. Jerry do that survived. Shirt. Yeah, Jerry survived. Hugo yeah. survived. Like all of those people. Hugo's gone. Well, Hugo's that we gone. know of. That we know no, because remember at the end where he goes up to Tom, he goes, "I was always hoping," and he goes, "Where's uh Carolina?" 
And he goes, uh, and he's like, get over the there. Fuck like, basically, yeah, get the fuck out of here. here. <laughs> but all that to be said, though, like those people are very much like those same like corporate folks that stay yeah. in those positions because they've been able to effectively angle themselves in a way to be able to survive like yeah. major cuts, acquisitions, mergers, things like that. Yeah. And that's what Tom's going to be able to do. I, I think the, the thing that's frustrating for people that were rooting for Shiv and they're like, she's the one that had it most together. She's not though, because no. she was the one that had the least experience of all of them. She's also the one that was duped by like three people in that show to believe something. And she went down a path only to find out that she got screwed by folks. And now she's still on the outside looking in and one could make the argument that she's pretty much destroyed any kind of political career that she wanted as well, because her husband was the guy who basically called the race for the Ron DeSantis character. <laughs> um, and she's still married to him. Yeah. And, and she literally, she, basically chose to be like she it's weird because like she's subservient feels like the wrong word but it she's, does right because it's not because she is she is like the alpha in that relationship with her and tom but it is kind of changing though but it basically it's a very sad ending for them mm -hmm. because you saw it with their like where he's like the hand like they don't even like hold hands you're not even clasping it's hands. like it's like basically on top of each other they basically are just like yep he, he's the cycle's gonna become the same thing right that child's gonna grow up in a house with a an executive for a father who's going to be like even though tom is different in personality he's going to become logan-ish in yeah. his like brute way of doing things because that's just the nature of business right it's the it's the cycle of of trauma goes on and on and a detached mother because she's not going to be in love with tom which she's not he would you know like and ultimately she's going to be bitter she's mm -hmm. going to be bitter that it's not her she ultimately gave up power Right, because like Kendall was gonna take over and she was gonna be in charge of ATN. He was literally going to give her ATN and then Roman was gonna get socials and like literally tossed away like running a news corp mm -hmm. and shaping it in her liberal image because she's she is a liberal. She gave that up because she hated Kendall so much. Yeah, and didn't want to see him get the top spot. She was so slanted by that, and Roman too, to an certain extent. I feel bad for Roman because he only knows love through pain, and you saw it even where it looks like it's an embrace, and he's basically opening up his cut, and it's like it's just kind of like it's kind of just how Roman has always been treated. It's, it's with the state, the, you know, maybe that's the way, he, why the, he is the way he is. It's because ultimately he's never really had compassion or love. And he, it's always been through either coercion, either verbal coercion or physical coercion. Yeah. So. I thought, I thought that scene was really, really powerful. Um, particularly at that point of the episode, because you've seen three seasons of him essentially being kind of like kicked around. And it wasn't until like the very end where he was starting to get like the recognition that he 
Yeah. I don't know if he deserved, but he was starting to get his like He's moment coming a player. Yeah, he yeah. was starting in this moment in the sun with his dad, and yeah. he was living in his dad croaks. And I'm going to push back on that idea that Roman is the one who is the worse off because I was I was saying Shiv. Well, Shiv, but I will I will push back on. There's a lot of people saying that, um, or. I think let me, happy. let me back up. I think Roman is probably the one of all of, of the three is probably the one that's better off than everybody. Because if you think about it, he never really wanted that. He never really fit in with those two. He never really fit in with the company itself. He's still stupid rich. And if you look at like that scene where he's sitting in the bar and he's got a little grin on his face, I think for me personally, it's like, he's free now. He can do whatever he wants. And he's not kind of tied down to the company or his dad. He got his money. He can leave. He always wanted to do that too. He always just wanted to take the money and get the fuck out. Well, I think that was the, the, the kind of the point, right? Originally was like, he was the one guy basically who was like, it was basically shivers Kendall throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. And then he got a little taste and then like he, I know like he, he almost crowned the president. Although, with Mankin, they're basically kind of alluding to that it looks like he's going to lose in the end, right? Because that moment where they go to, um, like, I don't know what they would call that, like the... It's like a reception for a wake. Right. You know? There's, um, Con- Connor's talking about Sylvania, mm-hmm. and then basically goes, well, you know, Wisconsin Con's courts, it's, uh, it's not looking great. So I think there's a, an allude, alluding to that Despite what what's all that's happened, um, most likely Mankin's probably not going to win. So that means Connor is really left with nothing other yeah. than the money that he's going to get from, you know, the sale. Which I mean, again, he spent a hundred million dollars on a presidential bid where he didn't even win anything. Um, it's just great. I and and Kendall. I don't think there was ever going to be a happy ending for Kendall. So this, so the so eldest this, boy, Q. I'm the eldest boy, and it's like you're not actually, actually Connor. <laughs> um, but it's funny though because I, I, I think people were kind of bummed because like Kendall has become kind of the protagonist of the story, even though like he's not, he's not a good person. He's an antihero to a certain, I guess you can say. Um. I think people were expecting a happy ending and I'm like, there was no happy ending for him. He was either going to be, it was either going to happen this way. Right. And he's going to be depressed and all that. And probably, you know, himself. Um, Or he was going to have to like screw over and ruin his relationship with his siblings. And he'll be like, essentially like, king of the ruins that mm-hmm. what's whatever is left you know and it wasn't and i honestly i i agree with shiv i don't think he would be good at it he's not i don't think far. i don't think any of them would be good at it yeah i think this is like a classic thing that happens with kids who are the heirs and heiresses of heirs and heiresses of empires who have no real experience like building it. They only have experience like benefiting from it. 
And they're paralyzed by fear because they're comparing everything that they're going to do with what the previous person has done. And the whole show is essentially that the three of them suffer from like severe cases of analysis paralysis, and they can't make a decision on which direction they want to go because they've never actually had to live with any of the consequences and they can't see like what the other side of it looks like. And for me, I mean, I think, I was really interested to see what was going to happen if Logan Roy had lived and that Gojo deal had gone through what, what would happen to those three and what the relationship dynamic those three would have with Logan. We didn't get that. And that's fine. I'm not mad at that, but I'm wondering though, Q, if you had to pick a winner of the show, who would it be? So, like, if I had it my way, or like, if just based on what I saw, who based on what you saw, who won the game? Greg Egg, come on, baby, it's Greggy. Okay, it's Gregers, baby. <laughs> Disgusting brothers. <laughs> come on, this man—he literally was working in the parks. He was wearing like an outfit, like a Disney suit, and he got fired because he was smoking weed in his car. And he threw up and he threw up on the kids only to like just be case just kept he's like a fucking like kept hanging around hanging around and finally you know him and tom became very friendly with each other and lo and behold he eventually just sticks around enough and he made i think actually the smartest thing he did was trying to make a deal with kendall because I, like at the end Obviously, he screws over Tom. No, he didn't know he was screwing Tom over, though, because Tom yeah. didn't tell him it's going to be me taking over. I don't think he would have done anything. I think he was worried that they were still in flux with each other, like they weren't mm -hmm. going to make it. So he took that opportunity to like secure himself. But he, him and Tom get into a shoving match. But then they end up – Tom's got no reason to keep him. Right. What is the re – he doesn't do anything good. He doesn't do – he's not like a specialty at anything. Why does Tom keep them? Because they're just, they're disgusting brothers, right? They have that bond, and ultimately, and I don't think Tom has any friends either. And I think he no, he sees then, Greg as a friend, right? But I also think Tom kind of respected that Greg went for it. Mm -hmm. You know that he saw an opportunity and he fucking took it. So like, I think at the end he he's kind of like you fucking piece of you're a piece, he says you're a piece of shit. But he's like, he but I got the you. Sticker on his yeah, he got the sticker. Oh, come on, I want a disgusting brother's show. Come on, I it's, it's I great. have I have another person that you might not be expecting. Uh, okay, let me take a guess. So, person that I won't be expecting, it can't be any of the kids. It could be a staff member, but I feel like Jerry is too obvious that for me in this situation. So it'd have to be somebody kind of on the outskirts. Are you going to say Willa? Yeah. Okay. Willa is definitely the winner in my eyes because she mm -hmm. effectively was like nothing in season one. Married essentially an heir of a billionaire. Was she not a call girl? She was. Or? Yeah. Okay. But in the grand scheme of things, she was a nobody for them. I love Willa. She's great. I love her. Yeah. But – if all things remain constant and Mencken ends up being president, yeah. she gets her father-in-law's house, a bunch of new shit in it, and she she ships her husband, who she kind of likes, off to the other side of the world. And she's going to stay yeah. in New York City. 
And I think she said something about like an art exhibit or something, or like I forgot what she, she was going to be in a play in like eight months. That's so what it she was. needed to be around New York City. Yeah, she was a playwright, right? Like that was her whole thing was she wanted yeah. to write a play, right? Yeah. So yeah, Willa Willa did pretty well for herself, and I I, I like her and Connor together because like it is kind of an acknowledgement. Connor is not stupid. There's no false illusions that he like thinks that like she's in love with him or anything. Like he know he knows the deal. Like, yeah, you're with me because of money and security, but like we're a good team together. So it's like I'm okay with it. So I, I kind of like their dynamic together. And I, I always thought Connor was like the purest of them all, obviously. He's like you said, he he realized he didn't have it in him and he didn't even bother. Yeah. He just was like, but also going back to Logan for a second, because you mentioned the dynamic of Logan. I, I always thought Logan was selling because he was also smart enough to realize when he was out of touch. And I think he realized that the way that Waystar was going, there was no way that he was going to be able to be the guy to drag them into the 21st century. And he thought Gojo was, and it was just, he says, he kept saying, it's just the right time. And I think that is probably the shrewdest thing about Logan is that like, as much as he fucking wins, I fucking win, you know, every single time. He also knows when to fold. Yeah. And these kids, like, again, you said, like, they have these delusions of grandeur that they're going to be the ones to bring Waystar into the 21st century when a lot of their ideas are just bullshit. Like, Roman didn't have any ideas. Shiv didn't have any ideas. Kendall did. Like, he had to deal with, um, what was that company in the first season with uh, Lawrence? I know who you're talking about. I can't remember yeah. the name of it, though. The, it was... By the way, I, I love the fact that they brought him back. They mentioned. I, I was like, if fucking Lawrence wins out in the end, it's gonna be so perfect. Actually, I actually would have loved that. Um, but because uh, he said like, you let me, you let a fox into the hen house, I'm gonna fucking eat all of you. Like, he, like it was just would have been. I wish perfect. they had done more with that. Though. I do too. I wish there was more drama centered around like Kendall going like, are you fucking kidding me? Like Lawrence, like it would have been great. So we didn't get enough of that, in my opinion. But. Um, yeah, but overall, man, like just fucking it's it. Honestly, I was bummed when they decided that they were going to stop doing it after the season. But like in retrospect, like it's pretty great how they just finished out on top. And like it, they left me wanting more and too many shows, even shows I loved weren't able to pull that off. Like they're, they just it's always a season too late. And it's like, oh, probably shouldn't have. The ending doesn't hit the same. This was like perfect. I want another two seasons out of this. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because as soon as the show ended, all of the corporate bros and the AI goons on Twitter, David Sachs and his shit squad <laughs> alike, Sachs. were like, we need more seasons of succession. What we can do is because the technology is so strong now, We'll have ChatGPT write the dialogue and we'll create deep fakes of all the people and we'll have this show keep going. I'm like, stupid. guys, stupid. you saying all of this just means that the show ended at a perfect time. None of you are creative to think about this stuff and none of you are smart enough to understand that a good thing ending does not make it a bad thing. And I think... The problem now is that we're so overwhelmed by shows that last for so unnecessarily long that we lose interest 
yeah. that we're almost upset when one ends before it's time. I it, agree with you. Like it probably could have gone on a little bit longer. Should it have? An, no. Definitely another season for sure. Like you could have kept Logan alive towards the end and then pushed it everything into next year to the next season. But like, I actually disagree with Brian Cox. I actually was glad they killed Logan off early because when they, number one, it's arguably one of the most shocking deaths ever. Mm-hmm. Like literally the episode before he's doing the Rupert Murdoch thing where he's on the papers in the, in the newsroom, hyping a crew up and like, just like life, right? Death is unexpected. It's not this grand spectacle. It's he died in a fucking bathroom a week after giving this like dropped his phone speech. in the toilet, <laughs> dropped his phone in the toilet. And it's like you're, you're expecting him to go out like a fucking soldier, like a lion, like he's going to have a heart attack on in his office, screaming, giving a fucking speech. Fuck all you fuck off. And then he's going to grab his chest and go down. And he's going to be in the hospital for a day or two and then die. No, he died in the fucking bathroom. Mm-hmm. All that for what? For him to die on a fucking plane with Tom Wamsgan holding his fucking hand. And like the way they did it, they don't show his body. So you're instantly thinking, like, is he fucking playing them? Like, is this all a fucking, is this a work? Like, and then instantly you realize, like, no, he's fucking dead. Nice. He's fucking dead. That's it. Just like that. No signs of it, just sudden, quick. And now what the fuck is going to happen? And it, it was just beautiful. And honestly, like I was like, that's early, but I'm like, now we have like six or seven episodes for the fallout. Instead of jamming it into two episodes, like you get to see how like this is the whole point. The show is called Secession, right? Like it's literally talking about what's gonna happen when Logan Rye dies, and like now you're seeing it. So it's kind of perfect. Yeah, and I I think people need to realize too that. The name of the show pretty much tells the entire plot. And him dying in like the third or fourth episode of the season starts the succession process. And that's effectively, it starts the crisis and the story arc. Yeah. Um, And I I don't know how the rest of that season would have gone had he not died because... You now yeah. put the kids in a position where they have to speak for the company when they were not on good terms. And anything that, like, if they got back together, it would have felt very, like, you know, the the, the script writes this in so the plot can happen. Yeah. And I think that it was good that, you know, Brian Cox died. Not He did not die, but Logan Roy Logan died, died yeah. in the show. But... Logan Roy's character lived on through all of them in all of the conversations were essentially directly or indirectly focused on what would Logan Roy do in this situation. And you could see how each person would respond and why none of them are really him. And we, and we also got to kind of see them go through the grieving process as the show went on, literally the shock and awe and the grieving after he died the stabilizing and like we need to figure out what we're going to do with the company right after and then basically negotiating trying to get the deal done trying to get the best deal for the shareholders and to maintain control of the company and then basically like no we want to save the legacy like literally going through this whole like lengthy process but like that we needed that though because can you imagine if he died like before the series finale like it would have been fucking terrible where you're trying to jam like 
10 hours worth of shit into an hour. And that was like with Game of Thrones. My biggest problem with Game of Thrones was they didn't allow it to flesh out naturally. Mm-hmm. They didn't give it enough time to breathe. And everything felt fucking rushed. Like, let's hurry up. This felt like we got time to really kind of like see where it was going. And like, honestly, I was so fucking thrilled with episode nine. I was like, there's no way the series is going to end badly. I'm like, there's no way. Like, there's nothing that can happen in episode 10 that was going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. if they had done it the the traditional like yeah. Game of Thrones way, what would have happened was as we'd lose out on all the character interactions that would have happened between them, the yeah. Gojo team, that um that I don't remember Alexander Sarsgaard's Matson. Matson between Matson and Shiv, that dynamic would have been lost. Which forever. I love, by the way, is that like you knew he was fucking her the entire time. But I love how Matson says to Tom's face, like, I feel like she wants to fuck me. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, he's testing all those people. Too. Why do I get the baby lady? Why don't I get the guy who put the baby in the lady? Yeah. <laughs> Why? And I and there is that one that one line that Tom had, he's like, I'm a grinder because I worry. <laughs> I fucking love Tom. I really do. I love Tom. Yeah. I think he is one that really was able to kind of like grow into that character from the guy yeah. who was just like Shiv's boyfriend to mm-hmm. the guy that was willing to go to jail for Logan Roy didn't. And then the guy it's, who takes his chicken off his plate. And yeah. Puts it in front of him. That was the it's, bravest thing anyone's ever did to Logan, by the way. Yeah. Yeah still or stabbed Shiv in the back at the end of the last at the end of season Third three season three and then essentially gets rewarded for all of that work yep and is now the ceo and again like i'm sure that david Sachs season nine created ai fucking hellscape that they put together is essentially going to be like the same show like three times in a row yeah but and I don't think that's actually going to happen, but uh, I'm pretty sure there would be some copyright issues with that. Yeah, but there are guys who are on the internet and they have a podcast and think they can do anything. Yeah, it's true. They have a little emoji by their name. This is all in. So that's the name of their show. <laughs> Stupid fucks. Um, any final thoughts on Succession? No, just it, it, I'm sad. Um, to touch on Barry, I know you haven't watched Barry yet, but again, another show that ended literally the same week as Secession, um, season four. Again, another show that I think its best season was this one. It was weird. Like, if you watch season one of Barry and then you watch season four, it is a completely different show. But Bill Hader uh, directed every episode of this one. He's fucking amazing. Um, the character growth, the things that they go through. The way it ended was perfect. It was exactly kind of what I was hoping for. Um, really sad, man, because like two great shows uh, coming to an end. Um, I'm looking for something new to clasp onto to get excited about because Session was one of those shows that I was I was always looking forward to. So, well, I mean, there was you know, in the eyes of some, there's a third show that ended too. What's that? Ted Lasso. Oh God. I, I will say the first season of that show was excellent. This is Ted Lasso to me. I would agree with that. Just jingling keys in front of your face for like 
I have a dog here and it just woke up because of that. Um, <laughs> I would agree with I would agree with you though. Like I think the first season was really, really good in the sense that I've never watched it. Watch the first watch the first season, but I think the first season touches on a lot of things like hope and teamwork and things like that, things that resonate with everybody. And I think it was like a genuinely charming show. And then seasons two, three, and four, essentially nothing happened. And that's the really frustrating part is that it turned into like a boardwalk empire where each episode of a season was essentially building for the next episode, but nothing would happen. Basically lost as well. Yeah. And it was frustrating after a while, like, I know there were people that were like super invested in it. And I also know people that were not invested in it at all and were really frustrated by it. But this is kind of what happens when you build an entire character and story off a two and a half minute skit for the 2012 like World Cup. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know this. It's a Bill Lawrence show. For anybody who doesn't know who Bill Lawrence is, uh, if you've ever watched Scrubs, like that's kind of his claim to fame. Um, one of my favorite shows, and he came out the show Shrinking on mm-hmm. uh, Apple with uh, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. I have not watched yet, but I've heard good things about. I love Bill Lawrence, so like that's interesting. Not surprising though, apparently because of Shrinking, he was not really involved in the later seasons. So if you like season one, it's most likely like most likely because Bill Lawrence, and I think te- I think uh, Jason Sudeikis took more of a hands-on approach with these remaining seasons. So I think that's why it's kind of suffered. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of dialogue for nothing that actually happens, and everything that does happens happens off screen. And there was an article, I think it was in the New York Times, where they were like, you know, this show is really popular in the U.S., but it hasn't really resonated anywhere else. Yeah, and there's so many reasons why it hasn't. One, yeah. it's a show that's based around soccer. It's not a soccer show. Sorry, football. Right. football. And and it's on a channel that mostly americans have or it's on a streaming network that mostly americans have and nobody else really has yeah and it's just really interesting to see like well why isn't the show caught on like it's in the same way that like nobody looks at the show fraser and says like this is how america operates fraser crane fraser crane (laughs) (laughs) i'm listening scrambled eggs they're calling again but yeah, I mean, it's it's that kind of mentality that people are like, well, why isn't a show caught on? It's like, because it's basically American jokes yeah. that English people are saying. Yeah. And it's, it's, not, true. Fu- it's not funny for them. And it's it, like, hey, here it, are all these it, sites in, in, in Europe that, you know, most people don't see and no one gives a fuck. It's, it's very niche. And I, I also like, I, I don't like sports movies in which, or like TV shows in which like they win off of like, believing in each other mm-hmm. like I, I find that to be very stupid and like get, like I, again i haven't watched it's it a little juvenile too right so it's like i feel like because i saw all i saw was it's like a like apparently that's a big theme of the show is like a piece of paper saying believe like i guess like we're well like even though i'm a fucking american football coach like uh, i can teach you these principles that will help you win and it's like Come on, man. That's like that's not how everything anything works in the real world. Like Ted Lasso would get go winless in a season and like be laughed out of the country, right? It would never happen. Like 
And like, I'm all for like slapstick shows, but like, it just seems stupid. It just seems, yeah, like you said, very juvenile and very kind of boring. Yeah. And I think the frustrating part is, is like, it's a lot of effort and energy for that team to be just average. Right. And like, they make a big hype about how these guys believe in each other and how they need to work as a team. And typically you see like that process play out where everyone starts to get better and the team is more competitive, but they're not, they're just like a run of the mill team. And that's fine for like a season or so, but after a while there needs to be a conclusion. Like, are they going to get better? Or are they going to get worse? Because right. four seasons of being very mediocre, but likable is a very American thing. If you watch like any kind of like European football or like the premier league, like those motherfuckers are getting fired like after a year. Yeah. And like winning coaches, like in the NFL, it happens too. Yeah. Where like, you know, these guys, like they win, you know, coach of the, like basketball, especially paying attention to basketball. Like it's like, it's cutthroat, man. Doc Rivers gets fired every other every other season after like taking his team deep into the playoffs. And... Who was the um who was the Toronto Raptors coach that won coach of the year and got fired in the same year? Dwayne Casey. Yes, him. Yeah. yeah. Uh the Suns coach, uh, uh Marty Marty Williams, I think his name Monty is. Williams. Monty Williams. He uh he you know, every year they're making the playoffs and he he gets fired, so it's just it's just funny to me. Yeah. So I, again, like I'm I'm sure that show resonated with some people, and there are people that are like diehard Ted Lasso fans. And I we were watching we watched the first three seasons, and midway through this one, I was like, I don't really care anymore because yeah. it's like an hour that nothing happens. And frankly, it's an hour long episode. Yeah. Ugh, it's too long. That should be like a half an hour show. It might be a half hour, but it felt like an hour because there's, there's like nothing happens in that show. There's jokes and shit. Like, it's funny, but it's not funny enough to keep me coming back over and over and over again. Yeah. It never it never seemed that way either, honestly. Um, I, ne- I never really got good vibe. I, I like Jason Sudeikis plenty. Um, I like him, but like it just never seemed like a show that I was like super into, honestly. I agree. I'm with you on that one. You okay yeah. over there? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think that um, we've lost a couple of good shows, but hopefully there's some new and good ones in the pipeline now. Um, I'm not going to lie with you. I'm kind of debating on whether I want to cancel my Netflix subscription out of spite because... I don't share my password, but the fact that I can't, I'm not. That that anymore. is something that's so weird to me because they keep doing it and then they keep pulling back on it and basically saying like, "Oh, that was just a joke," or like it was, yeah, it wasn't. Well, no, it's not real. And then it's like they keep, but they keep saying that like, "Oh, it's gonna no, it's gonna happen." And then they pull back and then they say it's gonna happen. So it's like it's been constant like BS with that. It. I don't think anybody's going to follow suit either because it seems like it's like, what is your problem ultimately? Maybe stop like spending so much unnecessary money on shows that are not good. And like, maybe have a better process if you're worried about profits, which their Netflix doesn't make anyway. Netflix doesn't make profits anyway. Yeah. 
So it's it's just weird to me that like they're taking this like giant stand on this and it's going to be so hard to police because ultimately that means you can't take your Roku device and like go to, you know, like if you take it to like another like if you move like it's like, how does that work? Because it's going to be on a different IP address. It's going to be on a different location. You know, it's. There's so many factors that go into this. Like if you were travel, like there, I know some people who like travel a lot for work, they'll bring like a fire stick with them or they bring their Roku with them, like a Roku stick. And like when they're in a hotel at night, they'll plug it in and they'll use to be able to watch stuff, you know, when they're, before they go to bed. How's that going to work? Yeah. I was curious about that because every, for the last like five or six hotels that I've stayed in for work, they've all been smart TVs and they've all had Netflix yeah. loaded on there. Yeah. Which is but nice. if. But if I live in North Carolina and I go to like Boston or Atlanta, I can't watch it there because it's like, nah, ah, nah, ah. You have another one that's in Charlotte. Yeah. Can't do it. So, and again, like they also want to have commercials on Netflix too. And now the restriction on the passwords. And again, like I don't share my password because I don't remember it. <laughs> but, if I wanted to share it with like a family member or something like that, like I really don't see what the fucking harm in all of this is. It's not really hurting. If anything, it's just more eyeballs on the screen. And then- that's what I've said for a long time is that ultimately they are only hurting themselves by doing this. And they're the only streaming platform that's like having this conversation right now. I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything from like Hulu or Amazon or like even Apple or any of the other ones. Like no one has made this complaint. Yeah. And it's like, this is like a war you're fighting against yourself right now. I assume that they're all waiting to see how this goes. And so far, I think they're all just like, I don't want any problems with this because like you guys are taking a lot of shit over this. So that's my guess is that they're waiting to see if it actually works before they implement it. But like, most of them are probably looking at this and going, it's not worth the fucking headache. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. And again, like, frankly, a lot of the stuff that Netflix has put out the last couple of years has not been good anyway. So a couple of bad content with like bad ideas, you're going to, you're going to have more people leaving. And they then, have stranger things, which is ending anyway. Yeah. What else which, do they have? Which takes a year and a half for them to make. It's so going to be longer now with the, with the writer strike. Yeah. So, like, what what else do they have? Frankly, I don't know. They have a bunch of, like, international shows that I don't watch because... I'm an American. Yeah. I need things read to me slowly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Q, how you feel about assholes and picks of the week here? Uh, did we want to talk a little bit about that other stuff, or do we want to save that? Let's save it for now. Okay. Um, we were going to talk about the debt ceiling crisis, but frankly, none of that shit's been resolved yet. So there's yeah, no reason to talk that. about it. It's only a matter of time before like Diane Feinstein is like, what are we voting on again? So um, let's just take a pause in that. If it gets passed, we can talk about it. If it's not nice knowing you, the nukes will go off. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> but uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with assholes of the week here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to go with Will Summer. Okay. Um, say more. <laughs> no, this is more me joking more than anything. Um, he got a new job at the Washington post, which congratulations to him. 
Um, he's leaving the Daily Beast, but that means my beloved Fever Dreams podcast that I listen to every single week has come to an end. So, because yeah. they've all um, gotten different jobs, right? Swim, yeah, job Oswin, Rolling Stone, yeah, Oswin Susang, uh, who was the original co-host, uh, went to Rolling Stone. Kelly Wilde took over, who I I enjoyed just as much as him. Um, I think she's still going to be at the Daily Beast, but like, yeah, the show is uh, is not going to continue. So I'm I'm very sad by that, but obviously it's more in jest. But uh, but I'm 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 really sad to see it go. So, but obviously, you know, if you're getting a new job, it's something different. Yeah, love that show. By the way, I always every article that Will Summer put together for the Daily Beast was hysterical. He's a automatic follow on Twitter too. Because the shit that he's able to to find on the internet, the people that are willing to talk with him is truly phenomenal. And he's on the QAnon Anonymous podcast a bunch of times. Every time he's on, is fucking hysterical. It's always a banger, yeah. I really want to read his book that he came out with. Is it called Trust the Plan? Trust the Plan, yeah. I have the audio book for it. it I've been listening to it. It's really good. It's good? Yeah, it's really good. Okay, that might be a pick of the week in a couple of weeks from now. So you got to keep us updated on it that. It was a former pick of the week for me. So Oh, juicy. All right. Juicy. My assholes of the week, I'm saying plural, are three baseball players, uh, Anthony Bass, Trevor Williams, and Clayton Kershaw. And the reason why all three of these goons are my assholes of the week is because they've all taken really weird stances against, like, Pride Month and LGBT Awareness Month. Trevor Williams is a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he's effectively a fucking nobody. Put out this long diatribe on Twitter about like how baseball teams are not being inclusive to people who are Catholic or Christian. It's like, yes, the largest religious sect in the United States is the most oppressed. Got it. Um, Anthony Bass had his wife on a plane. His kids were making a fucking mess in the plane mate in the airline staff made his wife pick up the popcorn off the floor. He went off a long Twitter bitch moan fast about it and ended up having to apologize for that as well. Um, and then he made a whole comment about again, inclusivity and how like Christians are not being included. Um, and then Clayton Kershaw made a whole fucking whole fucking big stink about like Christianity is not being represented Keep in mind, like, literally every day of the year, every holiday is a Christian holiday. And we're talking about one fucking, like, LGBT pride night or something like that. And I just, frankly, I always knew that, like, white American baseball players are relatively soft when it came to stuff like this. And I think this whole, like, anti-wokeness thing that's happening with corporations. A lot of these guys feel empowered to speak up, but frankly, their words are kind of coming off as kind of stupid um, and ill-educated about who their fan base is. Mm-hmm. And we can probably get in this to another time, but like corporations are going to like address any fucking population of buyer, right? Yeah. Like any consumer they are going to set their sights on and support capitalism baby yeah the, welcome to late stage capitalism where a pride night or a hispanic heritage night african-american heritage night whatever it fucking is is going to be a way for them to make money 
it, it's funny to me because when they talk about anti-religious bigotry, quote unquote, you always know what they're talking about, right? They're talking about Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's always they only care about their religion. That's the problem. And ultimately, like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is the group that they were complaining about. And like honestly, like if you look at the, their charity, and they do a lot more than like a Catholic church will typically do in a given year. So I think the problem is look inward. And ultimately, what does it fucking matter if they're invited to a pride night at like we we are getting to the point now. And I I hate that Target buckled on this because Target did buckle and they removed some LGBT stuff off the shelves. And it's like you're giving into the absolute worst people who, by the way, will never be satisfied Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing you can do because even if you were to remove all of the stuff and stop doing pride stuff, they would still hold it against you that you did in the past. They'll never forgive you for it. They are perpetual babies that will never, ever change their mind on any of this stuff. And like ultimately they will just find something new to complain about. So like trying to like entertain or like keep these people engaged and like they're not going to buy shit from you anyway. So it's like just ignore them. Let them scream and shout. But yeah, it's not surprising. Baseball has always been kind of a conservative sport. So it's not surprising to me to see like these type of guys stick out. Um, but it's like, it's just so funny to me. Like, that, like anyone gives a shit about the Dodgers having a pride night and inviting an advocacy, advocacy group. It's like, it's just such low shit to be worrying about. And again, we've talked about this, Tom. That, like, this shit does not register on a national scale. So, like, all this political stuff is just posturing pretty much. So, It's the folks that are just, like, chronically online. And the people that are, like, wandering around at Target saying, like, they're indoctrinating your kids. Have you walked into, like, a child's fucking, like, clothing section? It's all superhero shit. It's all, like trucks and tractors and stuff it's all sponsored by somebody like who do you think like is doing this and and to them anything gender neutral colored is woke yeah it is oh like a pink shirt for a boy it's like it's woke and it's like well maybe you don't have to buy it don't buy it yeah i i think that's the like, where are these folks going to shop at this point? That's my question. I want to know, like, at the end of June, because apparently Walmart has gone woke, too, so Arkansas's fucked. Um, and I don't unnecessarily understand, like, what's the end game here? And people are like, well, we got to make sure that our corporations are not politicized. Like, motherfucker, have you looked at their corporate donations page on their website? Or have you looked at, like which politicians are being paid. Keep in mind, Disney was donating to both Ron DeSantis and his Democratic challenger. They were donating to Republican candidates and Democratic challengers. It wasn't just one person that they were donating to. And it's just, I think it's something, again, to be outraged about without really understanding the nuance of it. And like, ultimately, these are fucking corporations they're going to do whatever they want. They're not publicly owned entities. They don't have to listen to you. Target is taking a little bit of a dip right now, but guess what? P 
people are still going to fucking show up there because it's probably the best big box store in the country at the moment. I saw a very funny thing on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but there was it was a sharing a link that Budweiser or Anheuser-Busch stock has taken a bit of a tumble recently, which is Mm -hmm. natural because the bad publicity, all that caused by these people. But again, just like Nike, it's going to rebound. People will, you know, forgive and whatever. Who gives a shit? You're still drinking Bud Light if it's cheap. But it's funny because like somebody was like, oh, the new best selling beer is Modelo. And they're like, I'm going to drink Modelo from now on. Tom, do you know who Modelo is owned by? The same people that own Bud Light or Budweiser. Yeah, in Bev. And then they're like, I'm just going to drink Coors. And it's like, some people are showing like pictures of like Pride Night or Pride Month for Coors and all that. And it's like, bro, it's, it, they are, they understand that it's capitalism, right? You are marketing to everyone, right? Everyone is a perspective. Michael Jordan, Republicans buy shoes too, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Trans people drink beer too. So it's like at the end of the day, gay people, they like to drink just as much as straight people do. So guess what? They're going to market to them. Yeah. Gay people like like to shop. They like to buy cars. If you care about things like this, you have way too much fucking time on your hand. Read a book. Doesn't have to be a history book. Just read a book. Go outside. Go outside. Go the fuck outside. Actually, you know what? Please don't, because I'm outside. I don't want to have to talk to you. They're, so. they're too, in the words of Kendall Roy, they're too online and they've lost context. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. So it, it's just crazy to me. It's I, I don't get it. It was funny. Um, uh, Red Bull, their Formula One team, posted something on Twitter about Pride Month. And if you, if any of our listeners know anything about formula one racing, like the one thing that you do know is how expensive tickets are to races. There are two remaining races in the United States. One is in Austin, Texas, and the other one is in Las Vegas. The one in Austin, Texas, I looked a couple months ago and it's like $450 a ticket. The one in Vegas is like $7,000. And I, Q, I'm telling you right now, I cannot wait for these online fucks to get a hold of that and just so happen to be Formula One fans and they light their fucking tickets on fire in their backyard. There is going to be nothing funnier for me than seeing some moron take $7,000 for a ticket for a race that's at fucking midnight and lighting it on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Yeah, please do it. God, it's so fucking funny to me. All right, everything's do, gone woke. Yeah. All right, let's do picks now. Tom, there's no other. I mean, like this is the most obvious pick of the week I've ever had since we've been doing this. Season three, I think you should leave. Tim Robinson, the fucking goat. It, it for anybody who doesn't has not watched watched this show. It's on Netflix. It's 15-minute episodes. There's about six episodes. You can finish the entire season in like a cool hour and a half. About the same time you're watching a movie. Maybe even less. It's not for everybody. You'll know pretty early on if it's for you. There's a lot. Of, and I, I'll say, I don't know if you watched season three yet, Tom. Mm-mm, not yet. Oh, God. Okay. S- some of it does not hit. 
Like I would say in like season one is great. Season two was fucking perfect. Season three, there's a lot of misses. But when it hits, it fucking hits. I'm gonna say two words to you, Tom. Driving crooner. And when you watch it, let me know what you think about the driving crooner. All right, I will. Because I've never laughed as hard. Driving the driving crooner skit. Um, there's a dating show, the zipline date, the zipline. I saw, I saw that on Twitter. It looks fucking hysterical. I'm fucking dying, dying. Um, the egg game, that one was great. It's there was there. So there was definitely more misses on this season because it is, if there's two types of Tim Robinson, right? Well, there's really three, but there's really only two. There's normal Tim Robinson, where he's just playing a normal character, kind of like the burger skit, where the professor's eating the burger. He's just kind of playing a normal guy. But there's either sad Tim Robinson, which is like, if you've ever seen The Haunted House, where he's like, these guys come out of the wall with a big cum shot. That, that's sad Tim Robinson. And there's angry Tim Robinson character, where he's constantly screaming. This is mainly all screaming Tim Robinson in this, which is not my favorite. But so complicated are, shirt, Tim Robinson. Dan flashes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That that I'm telling you, man. So that one, but there is there that my favorite. I think the driving crooner was my one of my favorites. But there is one skit where he is a he he does a one man act show. It's a character who does a one man act. I have never laughed so much in my entire life so although there are some misses on the season it's fucking great um watch watch the show okay yeah uh it was funny because i saw um i saw on twitter the other day and it's pretty clear that like people are starting to get into this show i saw a post from texas roadhouse about sloppy steaks (laughs) no sloppy steaks that they do not offer sloppy steaks at texas roadhouse and slap them up boys (laughs) and stop asking for them. i was a real piece of shit tom this is a slick this is push living for new year's eve hair slick back this is not slick back this This is push push back it it, it's it, it just fucking like it is again you can watch all three seasons probably within like the same amount of time that you would watch like the movie titanic like it won't take you long to get through the series and you'll know very quickly not everything is a hit but man when it hits it fucking hits so tim robinson is a psycho but i, I love it um i hope they do 10 more seasons honestly he's just a fucking madman yeah, the show is it shows just so all over the place. It's so fucking weird, and it gets weirder in this one. It gets so much weirder, but there are so like. But I also the thing about it also is it actually benefits from rewatches because I remember when I watched season two for the first time, I was like, "This was terrible," and then I re- started rewatching it, and I'm fucking chuckling at everything. So I, who knows, I might go back at season three. Probably might rewatch it soon and then like end up thinking it's the best season ever. So it, it is one of those shows that you really have to give it a chance because it is out there on a lot of stuff. But it's so fucking good. And it, and you're right. It has really started to develop like a cult following. Yeah. I'm in a Discord channel with some folks and there is a I think you should leave Discord like channel now. So fucking great. 
Um, my pick of the week is going to be a book that I haven't started yet, but it's on the docket for tomorrow that I'm going to start. It's Bernie Sanders book. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. And I think of all of the people to talk about capitalism, Bernie Sanders is probably one of the best politicians to have that conversation. And I think this is kind of an apt time to have this conversation about what capitalism is able to provide to us because we've had like two years of effectively greedflation happening, people losing their jobs, um, this whole debt ceiling crisis thing. It came out today that the Senate blocked um, the motion to have student loan forgiveness for like waived. And like, what's the end game here when it comes to like American people? And I think this is a, I, I haven't read this yet, but I will provide updates next week. I think this is a, I think this is a good opportunity for folks to start asking the questions of what is the most important thing we should be asking our political representatives or even our presidential candidates for 2024. Like is fighting the war on woke, the most important thing, or is making sure that we're all living in a country where we're able to be successful and it's not, we're living one debt ceiling crisis from one to the other. We're not living through like inflation that's and an economy that's being intentionally slowed down in a really inefficient way to do it. Um, again, it's the title of it is it's okay to be angry about capitalism. Bernie Sanders, Senator from Vermont is the writer. Give it a listen, I, give it a read. I'm excited I think, for it. Um, one of the best things that Bernie Sanders has done, um, honestly, has chipped away at the the uh, Sigma grind set way of doing things in this country in that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were poisoned by Ronald Reagan and this idea that like asking anything of the government to help you is like it's like you're weak and you're mm-hmm. you're dumb like it's been the kind of the mindset of like no you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and then you realize like that's all kind of bullshit anyway and that like even the people who say that are like hiding a secret privileged life that like oh they got a rich uncle or they you know come from parents that were like tenured professors at Yale you know so like i think he's done a nice job at kind of showing people that it's okay to be like asking like no no your government works for you you should be asking for these things you should be demanding these things and the game is rigged it's been rigged forever and this is just getting equal footing not even like asking for anything special so like it's just basic necessities that like yeah no that's this is an obvious you should be getting this like healthcare why are we treating it like a profit per profit business we should be treating it like we treat police and firefighters like it's subsidized through your taxes it's uh, it's free at the point of sale it's obviously not free mm-hmm. right but like it's free at the point of sale to where like on the back end it's paid for right but like you're not shelling out money to pay for this right it's it's stupid it's antiquated no one else does it except for us I think he's done a nice job at kind of putting everybody in the mindset of like, no, you there, it, you can hope for better, right? Like, it is a continuation of like FDR's, you know, New Deal approach away into politics. Yeah, and ultimately, it's like the new form of the American dream, where yeah. we just want to be able to live in a world where 
work one job, be able to afford a house, have kids. Like, I mean, for people that are afraid of the birth rate in this country, maybe ask yourself, are people not having kids because they're scared that they can't afford it? Yeah. I mean, I, I read a statistic that said the, the average child costs $20,000 in this country, and that's the average. And I mean, just I the do- hospital bill alone. Oh, yeah. For like having a baby in a hospital. Like and you that. could work for a company that doesn't give you any like maternal or, or like maternity leave or paternity leave, any yeah. kind of like family leave. You know, you get like maybe six weeks off. It's unpaid and you have to kind of prepare for it. And I, I agree with you. Like you have guys like Mark Wayne Mullins in Oklahoma who's like bitching and moaning about like labor unions and people who don't want to work anymore. Motherfucker had like a seven hundred thousand dollar PP lo- PPP loan and like got that shit got waived, no problem. Yep. yep. It's worth seventy five million dollars. Like shut the fuck up. Like and I mean again, just think about inflation, man. It's it's inflation is just it's just as simple with inflation. The pricing, it's not like wages have not gone up with inflation, right? So like what people were like the cost of dollars compared to what they were making and what things cost like a house, like, you know, like paying college tuition. People used to be able to work part time at a fucking McDonald's and pay for their tuition. Now, like you'd have to work 120 hours a week to be able to even come close to affording a basic college tuition. Yeah. So like it's it's not feasible. It doesn't work. And we have been getting screwed. And then you have enough people telling you, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps when even if you do, you're still not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want to I, I didn't know that came out. I will definitely dig into that. Yeah. If you have Spotify, it's free uh, on there. I don't. I have Apple Music because I'm what not a, a fucking barbarian like you. What a nerd. Look at this loser. Loser over here. This guy has Spotify. We love our Apple Music, folks. We love it. (laughs) Well, um, that does it for us here at the Second Mouse Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in for this brief episode, but hopefully lively episode on all things um, related to television and politics. We are your temporary hosts, Q and Tom. Gatto will hopefully be back if he ever is able to return from the dungeon that he's living in. Um, Tune in next week. Do us a favor. Give us a like and subscribe on all the major streaming platforms. Tell your friends that we're, we're doing this. We'll be here all summer. And we'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me. And then he says, and I'm not kidding you, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow. (laughs)